That's the first time you've clapped for one of those. I think, uh, I think that means we should do it every week, right? Okay. <laughs> Today's Youth Sunday, and in years past, Youth Sunday has been a day where kids serve in every area, and it's my understanding that we've had a variety of musicals, skits, and performances each year. And as you've seen already, we have kids and teens serving in a variety of roles. But as, as we talked about what today would look like, uh, it was brought up uh, in a meeting that, that you know, we have young people serving in a variety of roles all the time. It's not just one Sunday at the end of the year. So before we get any further, I just want to hi- highlight that really quick because it's, it's cool. Or as the kids say, it's drippy. It's drippy, right? Did I do that right? Okay. All right. Really quick, so this year we have had teens serving in our Coffee Cove, our nursery, early childhood ministry, elementary, our after-school program, uh, summer sports camp, just about every event that we have, like Cookies with Santa yesterday, uh, and, and more. Serving in a ministry was a critical part of my initial choice to follow Jesus uh, when I was in high school. And I've grown a lot over the years through serving. So if you're a teenager in this room, know that there's a place for you to serve. If you are anyone in this room, there is a place for you to serve. But if you are young, don't think that being young disqualifies you from serving. There's a place for you. So come talk to me. As, uh, as Cora said in the video, the focus of today is all about investing in the next generation. I spoke with, with Joanne Baker last week, who's one of the few remaining charter members of this church. And she told me uh, that a major reason this church was started was to invest in the next generation. If you go out this door and around the corner, our church charter is hanging up out there on the wall. The the people whose names are on that document cared very much about the next generation. And that remains to be an important part of our ministry here. Uh, We're gonna spend some time in Deuteronomy 6 today. Before we get there, uh, I need to give you a disclaimer. You know, when we preach here, we try very hard not to stand up here and you know, just give you our opinions. The focus of our time every Sunday is the truth of God's word because it's, it's when we're faced with the truth that we can become open to God changing us, for, for God moving in our hearts. And the Bible and the Holy Spirit do that much better than my opinions, but, but you need to know today, I have strong opinions about this. You know, I've been working with teens and student ministries in either volunteer or staff roles for 20 years now, and and now I'm doing that here at Broadway. So I have skin in the game, as as they say. I'm very, very passionate about this, and as as we'll see in Scripture, God is very passionate about this, too. So what are some things that matter to parents when they have kids? Uh, You know, it's, it's a long list, but just a few, safety and security. Uh, health, uh, their kids' education, future success. You know, all of these, all of those that I, that I said are good things. They're good things. But what we see in Scripture is that those things aren't at the top of God's list. What's on His heart is our faith being passed on from generation to generation. So I want you to imagine with me for a second that, that there's a dresser here, maybe, maybe like one of those tall dressers. And everything that I just mentioned, safety and security, health, education, success, they're, they're drawers in the dresser. And what, what happens a lot for a lot of people is that our faith, our faith in God, our relationship with Jesus becomes just another one of those drawers 
in the dresser. It's just another thing that we want for ourselves or that we want for our kids. But faith in God is not meant to be a drawer in that dresser. The way our relationship with God, what God wants is that our faith in him, our relationship with him is the dresser. It's, it's the thing that, that all the other drawers, all the other things fit into. Following Jesus informs how we view everything else in our lives. Let's look at what God says about this in Deuteronomy 6, starting with verse 1. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the, the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse four, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now these specific promises and these specific commands in Deuteronomy, they're directed towards the nation of Israel. But, but the, principles, the principles there in that passage, they apply to us as well. God gives a, a series of commands to the nation of Israel and he says, he says, this is not just for you. Verse two, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son, and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be long. God didn't do all that he did for the nation of Israel just for them to keep that to themselves. He instructed them to pass it on to their kids. And that's true for us too. We, we talk about sharing our faith all the time. You know, God didn't save us by his grace so that we can keep that good news to ourselves. He wants us to share courageously, and that starts at home. In verse 3, we see the promise of blessing. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Again, this specific promise is for the nation of Israel, but what many of us in this room have learned is that when we align our hearts with God's, when we choose to care deeply about the things that he cares about, our lives are changed. When we do this, even, even when life is messy, even when things are challenging, uh, we can see how God is moving. We can see his blessing in our lives. We can say, it is well with my soul. God gives us joy and peace, among other things, and we experience life to the fullest. So with that being said, what is something on God's heart? What is important to him? Well, in verse four, we read this again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Jesus will echo that later in the gospel accounts and, and, it's, and calls it the greatest commandment. Verse six, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. 
You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So what's on God's heart? Passing on our faith to the next generation. And it's, it's more than just something we do on Sundays. It's, it's all-encompassing. It says in verse 7, uh, talk about these things when you sit and when you, when you rise. You're usually doing one of those two things. You're doing one of them right now. Uh, he talks about the hands and the eyes. You, you use your hands and your eyes for just about everything. We are to keep this responsibility in front of us at all times. It's, it's a priority in our lives. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This is something that's foundational for your household. God cares very deeply about this, and he wants us to do the same. So how do we align our hearts with his and pass on the importance of loving God with all of our heart, souls, and might to the next generation? Well, I want to spend the rest of our time talking about some some ways to do this, what it looks like day to day. You know, as we've seen in Deuteronomy, the main responsibility for passing on faith lies with parents. But if you aren't a parent in this room, maybe you're an empty nester, um, maybe, maybe you just want to have kids someday, you're, you're not off the hook. We all have a role to play in this. Because around here, we are a family. God designed the church to be a family, a, f- a family that supports one another. And in, in addition to that, our ministries here, uh, especially our, our children's and our student ministries, they're designed to come alongside and support families, to support you as you strive to pass on your faith. There are some staggering statistics about how the church in America as a whole is doing with this. The most recent statistics say that about 70% of teens will walk away from faith when they graduate high school. So 70% of, of teens, seven out of 10 teenagers who grew up going to church, whose parents love the Lord, will graduate, begin working, or maybe they'll go to college, and they will decide that faith is not for them. And that's sad. That should make us sad. The church as a whole is failing at this. We are failing at investing in the next generation. Why? Why is that happening? Well, I, as, I, as I thought through that question this week, you know, there are a variety of factors that, that we can't cover today, but, but COVID exposed a major, a major one. For many families, church involvement is optional. You know, COVID is still a very real concern, and I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned about it. All I'm saying is that over the last almost, almost two years, I can't believe it's been that long, what we've seen all over the country is, is many families begin to get back, to, back involved in all sorts of activities. You know, our, our country, things have just started to, to open up, and, you know, kids, kids went back to school. That's, that's an important one. Uh, pe- uh, kids started to get back involved in sports, uh, after-school clubs, extracurricular activities. Uh, we started having family gatherings again. People got memberships to the YMCA. You know, all the stuff. Fill in the blank. Except for many, church has remained something that's optional. It, it didn't quite make the cut of those important things. And even if faith is a priority for you, the sad reality is that your kids still might grow up and not make their own faith a priority. You know, I don't know if there are any statistics about that. However, there's one thing I know for certain, that if you make faith a priority in your home, if you make that a priority in your life, 
there's a really good chance that your kids will do that too. There's still a chance they won't, but there's a really good chance that they will. And I also know this, that if you don't make faith a priority in your life, your kids most li- will very likely follow that example too. They won't make faith and church a priority in their lives. You know, I've seen many, many people only participate in church when it's convenient and then, and then wonder why their kids grow up and don't love the Lord. You know, all of our worldviews are being shaped all the time. How we see the world is shaped by who we spend time with and what we let into our heads. You know, in, in our information age, we are constantly bombarded by things vying for our attention. And as adults in the room, we feel that, right? It's, it's overwhelming sometimes. And I, I can't tell you how many friends, as I get on Facebook sometimes, they're saying, well, I'm taking a break from social media. This is stressing me out. Like, it's, it's stressful sometimes. And if that's true for adults, how much more is it true for kids? You know, I've always been an impressionable person, but that was much more true about me when I was young. So how can we make faith and church a priority so that our children aren't only influenced by everything else around them? They're gonna be influenced by all sorts of things. We can't shelter them from everything, but how do we make sure that faith in God and what God says about them and, and God, what, what God, who God says they are and who he wants them to be, how do we ensure that they hear his voice in that? Well, it starts at home. And as, as we read in Deuteronomy 6, it's all-encompassing. So talk about God with your kids. Uh, share stories of your own faith. Talk about the doubts you worked through or maybe that you are working through. Uh, your kids need to know that you are a sinner saved by grace just like they can be. So tell your kids and remind them that following Jesus has made a difference, the difference in your life. Encourage them to, to read the Bible. Get them age-appropriate uh, materials and, and, and things. Read, read the Bible together. Uh, pray together. Uh, one of the things that, that my wife and I have done over the years with, with our boys is utilize some of the reading plans in the YouVersion Bible app. We've talked about that, that app up here before. Uh, on there, there's daily reading plans for, for everyone, but there's some designed specifically for kids and teens, and you can, you can even read them on separate devices and then leave comments for each other uh, at the end. It's, it's really cool. I'd also encourage you to utilize Right Now Media as well. Our, our church has a subscription to that so that we all can use it. I mean, it's, it's available. It's just not for the occasional Bible study around here, but it's, it's for you to use at home if you'd like to. There's great content for kids, teens, and families. Your kids are gonna be exposed to God's truth through the Bible, uh, through prayer, through your own experiences, and also through the church. And not only through coming to church on Sundays, but, but through community with peers beyond that. Connecting relationally is, is one of the ways that we all grow in our faith, and it's just as important for kids. It's possibly more important. You know, looking back, uh, being part of a youth group in middle school and high school was such a critical uh, part of my life. You know, sure, I had friends at school. Uh, I was in band in high school, and I, you know, I had friends there, and I had some neighbors that I hung out with, but, but those kids in youth group, and they were my best friends. And my youth minister, and the volunteers in that ministry came alongside my family, and they ensured that I knew that I was loved and I was accepted by God and by them. Uh, those, those adult volunteers in my youth minister, they showed me the importance of living my life for God, and they showed me what it, what it means to serve Him. 
They showed me what it means to be a godly man, and, and I could go on. There's so many things. That's why, as I was approaching today, you know, sharing God's truth versus my opinion is such a challenge for me on this issue because my church's student ministry and the people there made such a profound impact on my life. I'm here today because, because of them, because of God using them. So really, the, the two actionable steps you can take from all this are that this starts at home, and you're not alone in this. You have a church family that wants to support you in this. This starts with, with each family, and then it includes this family. So again, make it a priority in your life and at home. And then to be blunt, make your kids come to church. <laughs> make your kids come. Maybe, maybe you made your kids come today, uh, and that's cool. Part of why church is optional for so many families, I think, is because of fear. We're afraid that our children will, will grow up resenting the church because, you know, you know, as a kid, my mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, they always made me go. And I understand that fear. My kids are here all the time. I don't, I don't want them growing up resenting that. I don't want them growing up that their dad was always at church. So I do really un understand that fear. But we make our kids do things they don't necessarily want to do every day. You know, the other day, one of, one of my kids didn't, woke up, they didn't want to go to school. So I, you know, I, I said to him, I said, you know, that's okay. Why don't you go back to bed? When you wake up, grab a Pop-Tart and then play Minecraft all day. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I'm sure you could, you could take, the, you could guess what I'm going to say. I said, I don't care. Get dressed, you're going to school. <laughs> we do that. I'm, I'm not saying that you should make your kids come to everything. You know, every time the door is open, your kids are here. That's not what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe that is the answer for you, and maybe it isn't. Every family, every person in this room has to manage that tension and, and juggle schedules for themselves. And, and again, we can help each other navigate that. We can, we can offer advice. But ultimately, you decide what's best for your family. No one else does that. But if you aren't making them come to anything, if when, when you ask them, hey, there's this thing coming up, maybe, maybe you want to try it, and they say no, and you say, okay, that's fine. I think it's a healthy exercise to ask yourself why. Why is that your answer? You know, I understand this is a new place with, pro with probably new people. Of course they don't wanna go. You know, adults do that too. New place, new people. A lot of us don't wanna do things like that. So I guess what I'm saying is have an honest discussion about this. Uh, have an honest discussion with your spouse. Uh, with God. Think through this on your own. Why aren't you making them do anything if, if you're not? If faith is a priority for you and has made a difference in your life, there might be a season where you have to make your kids be part of a church community, and that's okay. That's okay. We have a lot of opportunities here for you to say to your kids, you know what? You're trying this. You're going to this, and, and I hope that over time, it becomes something special to them just like it has been for countless others. Uh, a, a few of those opportunities I wanna just let you know about. In addition to Sundays, we have extra events for kids starting at preschool age. Donna Flight and Jody Stamps do an incredible job leading our early childhood and elementary ministries. Jessica Sharps uh, on that team as well. They plan and organize great things for kids and families throughout the whole year. We just had a really great event yesterday. These are all designed to be opportunities for connection. Sure, they're opportunities for fun, but they are opportunities for kids to connect. 
one really great example coming up is CIY Superstart in February. That's for fourth and fifth graders, and it's going to be awesome. There's a right in the by the Kid Life check-in area. There's a tall yellow table. There's information about Superstart on there. It's also on our website. Uh, we have a student ministry here for grades six through twelve, and right now we have a, a class during the discipleship hour, which is right after right after the service. Uh, it's every Sunday, and then we have midweek on Wednesday evenings. You know, we play, we eat, we talk a lot. Talk a lot. I do. I talk a lot. We open God's we open God's Word, and then we break into separate small groups for for middle school and high school. Also, with the middle school being right across the street. Uh, we offer an after-school program every, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday there in school, we open this building up for middle schoolers to come. You, you saw some of that in the video. You know, we play games, we talk about Jesus, and we invest in the lives of those kids. We, we have frequent, frequent events, trips, and camps. There's a lot of things for students to get involved in, and there's more to come. We also just started a, a young adult ministry uh, on Sunday nights uh, right here at 6 p.m. So, if you've been sitting here listening so intent, you guys have been listening very intently today, thank you. And, and you don't have kids, or maybe you don't have kids at home anymore, you might be thinking, how does this apply to me? Well, all of those ministry opportunities I just mentioned are not only for kids to be a part of, but they are opportunities for you to volunteer. See what I did? Maybe God wants to use you to invest in the next generation by serving and giving your time to, to babies, to preschoolers, to elementarians. I made that up this week. Uh, middle schoolers, high schoolers, or young adults. You know, parents are often the number one influencer in their kids' lives, but everyone needs other people who care about them. People who care about their future. People who care whether they choose to follow Jesus or not. People who care because of the profound impact that God has had in their own lives. So pray about volunteering in those ministries. I can, I can tell you with 100% certainty that you are needed. Every one of those ministries needs more people willing to step up and help. Also be thinking and praying about who is already in your life that you would consider the next generation? Who, who do you come into contact with during the week that, that you can invest your life in? Who do you work with? Who's in your family? Who are your neighbors? Who are the people that need to know that there's a God who loves them? Who are the people that, that you can do simple things for to invest in their lives? You know, one more thought before we take communion together. Maybe you have kids who are grown up and don't have a relationship with Jesus, and this, this message has been discouraging. You know, may, maybe you didn't follow Jesus when your kids were little. Maybe it wasn't a priority for you. Maybe, maybe you made that decision when you and, and when they were older. I think we can all look back on our lives and see how we could have done things differently, but it's, it's, not, it's not healthy to linger there. God didn't save you so that you could linger on the past. I want you to know that it's not too late to start caring about this. It's not too late to align our hearts with God's and care about passing on our faith to the next generation. On the other hand, maybe you made them come to church and they still walked away from it. You know, if maybe you already do care deeply about this and, and you're really discouraged today, don't give up. Don't give up. God 
God has not, God will never give up on them. So pray for your children. That's one of the best things we can do. Pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for your nieces and your nephews. Show them the impact that God has made in your life. You know, you, you might not be able to make them do anything anymore, but you can still influence them. You can still invite them. You can still have honest discussions about what God has done in your life. It's not too late. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's what we're reminded of every week when we, when we take communion. We're reminded of our need for God and for his incredible patience toward us. So, so let's pray and then spend the next few moments reflecting on God's amazing love. Let's ask him to help us be a people, be a church who share that love with the next generation. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your patience with us. God, I, I can't tell you how many times I got to the end of the day and, and I thought, and I, I failed today. I didn't, I didn't do a good job showing my kids uh, Jesus or, or praying with them or encouraging them to, to seek you. But God, I thank you that there's grace for that too and that each day is, is a new day. So God, would you, would you help us to make this a priority and help us to navigate all of, all of the things in this life that, that we face, all of the things in this life that our, our, our kids face. And God, give us wisdom. James says to ask for wisdom that you'll give it. God, we need wisdom. We need you to guide us in this. God, thank you for the kids of this church and the kids that, that they influence, their friends. God, we just pray for the next generation in our communities, God, that they would grow up knowing and hearing, God, that, that you love them, that you died for them. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. And we pray this would honor you as we reflect on that now. In Jesus' name, amen.